Jonathan, we're going to try a different format. Are we? We've both been listening to the podcast Dithering that was recently launched by two of our, our favorites, uh, Ben Thompson and John Gruber. And the thing I really like about Dithering is they run for 15 minutes. No, not, not a second longer, not a second shorter. I think we should give it a go. Let's do it. It's a good way to, to unblock progress. We've been wanting to get season two started for a bit. So we're here. Yeah, it'll save a bit of time in editing, but also it's kind of fun. And I kind of like uh, the constraint, you know, beautiful constraint. Yes. So season one, how many episodes did we cover? 12. 10, 12, 12 episodes. Went over a really wide range really of topics. In a post grid, you know, it's yes. three, three by four or four by three. 12 is perfect for that sort of thing. It's a good number. We're going to do another 12 episodes this season. Yeah, yeah let's okay, do that. Let's do it. So 12 episodes. We, I also like the constraint of 15 minutes. At the end of season one, from my point of view, we opened up with a fairly, hey, let's go with some evergreen topics. Let's make something that's kind of big. And, and in my mind, a little bit of the hesitance of getting started again was just the ambitiousness, the ambitiousness of that. Mm. How, how are you feeling now? Like if we're doing 15 minutes, I, I question how evergreen well, that's, it'll be. I, no, I totally agree. I, I wanted to do more like, oh, let's create podcasts that'll last forever. But I don't think that's the nature of podcasting in general, to be honest. And it's yeah. it's really daunting because then you've got to do all this prep. You've got to make sure you're on the ball. You've got to make sure you're right, I think. Maybe uh, responding to things that are happening in the world and how it relates to WordPress might be a better idea. A lot more sustainable in my mind, too. And it can lead to some interesting discussions. So. Did you watch WWDC? I did. We watched it together. It was that was uh with you being a somewhat annoying ten seconds ahead of me. I know, and all the way in Australia, I don't know why that happened. Have I told you that I've seen every? I, I've woken up at three a.m. for every WWDC since I was in maybe since I was fifteen or so. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a little personal tradition of mine. My wife thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> but uh, I've always been that Mac guy, you know. I, I had a Apple Color Classic when I was five years old. I was the only person I knew with a computer, and um, I've, I've used Mac ever since, up until I got a gaming PC a couple of years ago. Always had Mac in high school. I was always teased for, oh, you know, you you use the Mac. It doesn't run anything. It doesn't do this. Doesn't do that. And uh, now look at me. <laughs> it's been right. a little over 10 years for me. And yeah, it, it's a highlight. So uh, I quite enjoyed this year. It was very interesting watching this adapt adaption to being like not present or not in, per, not, uh, in person, how they handled all that. I was quite impressed by it. Yeah, they nailed it. And I'm glad they resolved the conflict with the Hey app. Uh, right, right. I think it was the day before or the day of, um, so that the the Hey app got its updates. Uh, do you want to give it like a, a quick little primer? Because I want to dive in a little bit on that topic and how it relates to WordPress. So the Basecamp guys created this thing called Hey, which I'm I'm guessing a fair amount of folks following or or listening would be familiar with, but presuming not, it's their take on changing how email gets done, the approach to email. Mm. We should say that the Basecamp guys are, well, m idols for me, you know, like they're, they're my heroes, DHH 
uh, and his stance on on privacy and customer driven product development is has always been a big inspiration for me. And so I, I follow them quite closely. And uh, I was one of the first people to receive an invite, and I was a sort of day one customer. Um, and I love it. I love love uh, the service that they've put together. But what's happened was is Apple first at first they approved their email app and then they denied it we don't need a there's a number of people already talking about it we don't need to go into detail but you know the the review process for the app store is is really interesting in that it's this proprietary thing it's a closed system and at first i thought well at least we don't have that with wordpress because Mm. we're an open source community and the guidelines are there for everyone to see and contribute to, and anyone can sort of create a discussion. But in a sense, well, don't you think we kind of do have that a little bit? How, how do you reckon, given given its open nature? Well, it, it's sort of open. It's a little bit of a black box. Like there, there is a plugin review team, and not just anyone can contribute. Right, you've got you've got to know people. You've got to have a bit of a reputation. You can't just come along and say, "Hey, uh, can I be a plugin reviewer?" And that's fair enough, because uh, otherwise, you that'll be abused. Yeah, but part, part of the th- challenge at this point is how much. And I think there's a similarity to Apple here. There's so much power there is, mm. right? Like a business can have a, there can be a significant impact if you were a, a popular plugin like with apps in the app store and you were kicked out that can have a significant negative impact on your business. Yeah, it's a big deal. And what are the courses, what are the recourse methods available to you if you're a WordPress plugin developer? Well, it's first, there's a lot more that you can do than in the case of Apple who really is, isn't beholden to anyone, right? Like there are, are, you can escalate. There's a fairly a quick path to very public discussions about things, and this has certainly happened uh, in multiple you know, multiple cases in the past. Yeah, it's a lot more transparent. And also, the guidelines in the WordPress case are community driven. In that, you know, it's it's not necessarily just like these are our goals as a business, and these are our business rules that you have to stick to. Right. The, guidelines are intended to be inclusive and they're uh, able to be iterated on in theory, although I don't think that actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's interesting to just see how much it's grown. And I, I don't know, I haven't looked at it recently. I would like to look at it again soon. Like there, it's such an influential thing in the ecosystem right like plugins that are part of the directory uh, i mean that's that's the at least my favorite and i think for many people their favorite way to install things it's a real pain if you're trying to get a plugin that's not in the directory which leads in my mind to an interesting discussion about the one of the big differences between the wordpress app store if you will and apples we don't deal with uh with commercial projects at all if it's commercial, you can have freemium and freeware in there, but you like, that's pretty like you, there's no anything that's money, any money being exchanges ha- has to take place outside of the plugin directory. Yeah. What are your that, thoughts on that? It's a huge deal. It, it influences monetization strategies. It influences how products are built. It influences so much. And it is a major, major 
point of differentiation between the two platforms. I, I think sometimes that maybe WordPress is a little too much on the side of everything should be free. Yeah. Do you agree? I do agree. And part of the complexity is is uh, decisions are thinking rooted in its origins versus the reality of what it is today, right? Like 37 plus percent of the web, it's, it's become this operating system. And what always hits me is I, I, I overall favor that skew towards, towards free and, and that idea of like lowering the barrier of entry for things. I think that there's a lot of folks who found creative ways kind of work with it with like a free version and a pro version, et cetera. At the heart of it for me, though, is this problem, this recurring problem of of curation and discovery and the fact that some of the best plugins for WordPress have no counterpoint, counterpart in the directory, right? Like there are premium plugins that they don't even attempt to put. Well, you just have to know that it exists, which to me ultimately like, is, a, is a negative for folks who are just getting into WordPress. How do they discover that those things are out there? Yeah, but the flip side of that is that anybody can create a plugin and have it as discoverable as the most popular plugin tomorrow, right? Like there, there's, aside from all of the marketing that Yoast has done, there's nothing stopping you from creating a better SEO plugin and having it appear as the first search result, you know, if you happen to get it, get your search terms right. Uh, actually, that's one thing that Apple and WordPress share is that they both have a really <laughs> bad search experience. Yes, yes. But but I understand, and and it it leads into this idea of uh, how can we encourage plugin authors to do the right thing, so to speak, mm. uh, you know, without being too heavy handed. I think we talked a little bit about this in maybe one of the earlier episodes. How do we say, well, you really should implement this best practice, but also we can't tell you what to do, <laughs> you know? One of the things that we, you and I both liked about WWDC, there was that point where they were showing how apps are going to, how the app store is now going to show developer initiated, or I forget how they phrase it, but developers can declare what an app does in regards to privacy and data, mm -hmm. like self-reported, that was the term. So self-reported information. And the idea is more the, to provide more information that can help users and users make better decisions about the apps that they want to use or not use. I like that a lot. Yeah. So this is where you typically see this card view of, you know, you're authorizing an app on Twitter to, you know, integrate with your Twitter account, or you're authorizing a GitHub app to integrate with your GitHub account. And what happens there is that the integration specifies which API endpoints it's going to use. And we can extrapolate from that, that it's going to be, you know, have access to your email address and have access to this personally identifiable information and that and the other. And that is a really useful tool, but it's not really possible on the phone. And so Apple has elected for this alternative, which I think is a great, great idea, which is just, well, we'll just let people self-report. We'll still say show the same report card, but it'll be self-reported. And I thought that was great because it, it solves the same problem that WordPress has is we can't really know what information about your WordPress site uh, as you know, plugins are accessing and what information about your users, your plugins are accessing, but we could let people self-report that. 
And what that would do then is it would encourage people to you know, have good privacy practices, but it would also open the doors a little bit to have more privacy invasive features. And, and that, that sounds bad, but I mean mm. it in a good way. Would you be surprised to hear? Uh, I, the amount of times I've heard you know, clients say, oh, we'd really like to gather analytics on who, who's using our plugin. Ah, yep. Um, and the the WordPress rules for that is no, or I think it's ac- actually, it can be opt-in. Ah, off, yes. Off by default. Yes, yes. Well, you know, what if there was a privacy report card that said we gather, you know, usage statistics by default, uh, you know, maybe maybe we could relax. Well, that's what I'm saying. We could relax the guidelines in, in how strict they are if we let people self-report what they gather. The other thing that's a recurring theme in some of our discussions is if you if you provide things like this, then you're, uh, you can, I, I really like this concept of a scoring mechanism, right? Where you identify the factors and figure out ways to reward good behavior, right? It's an, as an open source project, one of the things that we can do that others might not do as readily because our interests are different is call out what does it look like to quote unquote score well and to rank well in the directory and just call out that behavior. It's used to you do this and you do this and you do this and it be something that over time that like uh, sort of self curates. Yeah. This is another thing that the app store does, right? Which is, it says this has an in-app purchase, you know, basically anything with a free badge has a little in-app purchase, below it uh, and we could do just that on WordPress and again relax the restrictions on you know you're not allowed to install pro plugins you know you have to get people to manually do that results in a bad user experience but if we had some sort of badge on the .org repo or something like that maybe maybe we could get there that seems like a good general way to approach and is is this as we wrap up in the next 40 seconds is giving developers more tools to self-report what what they do and don't do and letting that like just starting starting something over time that uh, starts to affect the results and how and do that in a transparent way where we can reward proactive developers it doesn't have to be self-reported too all the time the the in-app purchase example might have to be but we could also have tools around yeah, all right. code quality and unit testing and all of that sort of thing. What do you think? I, I like it. I'd love to see it happen. Well, we'll have to raise an issue on track or something along those lines. <laughs>